thought this was a V blog. <laughs> a V blog? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so this has been a while since I've done podcasts, so you know, um, gotta like get back into the groove of figuring out what a good um, sort of agenda or like structure sort of not that i want it to be like perfectly structured you know i like having it be somewhat fun and just like loose not like a fun and loose you know oh <laughs> like your sphincters no, no i like your agenda i that's the I'm name of sure. this episode is fun and loose so um, fun and loose that's yeah. that's always the object of every podcast episode is to you know come up with some clickbait you know oh fun and loose yeah People are going to want to listen to that. More than they would want to listen to Sphincters? I feel like Sphincters is a pretty good name. <laughs> Wait, wh- where did that come from? Was that one of our other episodes? No, I just, you said fun and loose, and I said, like your Sphincters. Oh, oh okay. Oh, yeah, right. Are we on the record yet? Yeah, we, we I am recording, by the way, just FYI. Oh, God. oh, fuck. Yeah. Could you just introduce me as hashtag Trashly? Sure. Is that okay? Is yeah, that that's weird? fine. I mean, if you want, if you want to be introduced as hashtag Trashly. can't decide. Well, so the what do you want your you, persona to be? Yeah, you. well, you need to decide now, though. Am I, because am I doing we, this? Am I a special guest as my drag queen persona or as Jacob? Who well, did you invite here, Michael? Yeah. Who did you invite? <laughs> I to call you Trashly the whole time. Or, or, are, you, or are you going to switch between, like, throughout the podcast, you'll, be like, you'll just switch between being your drag persona and yourself i mean i don't really have a persona i don't yeah. like i'm not like i don't know i, I don't right it's not a character it's just me I, yeah i'm yeah. not a character um so yeah just i guess jacob would be easier just because um i don't know i didn't think about you. this it's up to you um because i mean it's easier for you guys to just call me jacob since that's how you know me mm-hmm. but maybe introduce me why not have best of both worlds? Call me Jacob throughout the podcast because that's easier, but just introduce me, um, Jacob, known as hashtag Trashly, drag queen in Chicago or whatever. Okay. I will I will I will give you okay. a very, very big intro, you know. I will... <laughs> <laughs> the famous the world okay. renowned <laughs> world renowned famous hashtag trashly. Chicago drag queen. Now, Chicago's premier drag queen. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's it's post. If you're interested in booking, society. please call. Whatever. <laughs> I know. Hello and welcome to the Gamers Podcast. I'm your host Michael Vasquez, and I'm joined by Mike. Hi. And um, I'm also joined by Jacob, who is known as hashtag Trashly, Chicago's f- most famous drag queen. Oh, thank you, thank you for that intro too. That was uh, very kind of you. Oh, of, of course. Or a lie, whatever. <laughs> Post Truth Society, we can say whatever we want. Uh, we're just honored to have you. That you were able to fit us into your schedule. I know you're extremely busy. 
um, yes. constantly streaming on Twitch, you know, and, you know, Touring. being booked at all of the hottest clubs in Chicago. So, you know, thank yes, you. Thank you for making them. time. Oh, you're welcome. I'm yeah. happy to be here. Yeah. Um, so um, let's let's get started by talking about uh, Nintendo and the Switch, which is coming out this week, um, March 3rd. I got a chance to try it at the preview event um, a few weeks ago, and I... I I have it pre-ordered. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to Zelda uh, very much. I got to try that uh, a little bit. Uh, it was a very short um, trial, though. Unfortunately, it has like a time limit and cuts you off. But yeah, I don't know if we want to talk about the console itself first or the marketing behind it because I you know we were talking about how Nintendo kind of did this weird I mean, I mean it's a kind of strange time frame too to release a console I mean it's spring not really you know the time that people are thinking about buying a new console or they new... normally been all released in like the fall around like I want to get the Christmas money yeah exactly I mean that's usually when consoles are released okay. um, I think this was honestly rushed because they want it to be released before the financial like quarter ends. And so they want to be able to say, oh, this is getting released Q1 2017. Clever fellows. Yeah. I, I think, you know, and it, it probably wasn't ready, unfortunately, in time for holiday last year. Um, they And they kept delaying Zelda because... Honestly, I think Trump got elected president, and they were like, "We need to get this out before the world ends." We're mm, doing this. That too. All this but, but, work. But if they, you know, if that was really the case, then they would have released it, like, you know, November. Well, just because we have a shitty president doesn't mean we need a shitty console. Okay, fair enough. So, I think it was a little rushed. Um, I that that is a little bit I'm a little concerned about that. Um, it is very thin pretty well built um the build quality was very nice um it felt like an actual modern device as opposed to like if you hold like the wii u gamepad it feels kind of like a toy you know it's kind of plasticky and bulky it's a weird thing yeah yeah it's it's very weird it doesn't look modern at all but this looks like a modern tablet with you know some controllers stuck onto the side of it it's got a capacitive touchscreen no stylus it's got a nice matte finish and it's not super glossy it did not really care for that glossy finish on the wii u um so it, it feels like something that is you know should be released in 2017 the joy cons themselves like the controllers they felt a little small people have commented on that already you know some reviews uh, hands-on impressions i mean i have small hands that's what i was just gonna say did even you think they were small because you're not a huge person i i mean they weren't so small that i couldn't use them by any means but the buttons are about the size of the 3ds buttons so if you're familiar with the 3ds and that size that's the comparable of how they feel they click kind of like that too like that hard click as opposed to like the soft mushy. Yeah. So it's not like a Wii or Wii U where it's, you know, soft or mushy. It's almost like that audible click and the D-pad on the other side to match those four face buttons is also the same, you know, it's a split D-pad instead of a normal directional pad and it's used in case you want to have one Joy-Con um, used as a second player's controller, hold it sideways, kind of like a Nest controller or the Wii remotes when you held them horizontally, kind of like that. 
Um, it's a little awkward though holding them horizontally just because they're small and the control stick is kind of strangely placed when you're holding like it's kind of they're very yeah, close it seems like it's like right next to it yeah they're right next to the buttons so your your thumbs are very close together i mean you're not like colliding or anything it it, it works it, it's not like it's you know unusable or anything the the shoulder buttons too when you're when they're separated they're like these little l and r buttons or they call them sl and sr buttons that are like embedded in the side of it that normally is being obscured by the tablet portion when it's when you slide it on um but when you take them off there are these little buttons that are like flush with it so it's kind of hard to press them they're small too so that's why it had the console comes with these wrist straps that attach to the joy cons that add some width to it and give the buttons you know a bit of height so that you can actually press them more comfortably it, it makes it feel a little bit better like an actual controller um, it's still a little small though, but um, not unusable. I thought it felt nice in the hand and handheld mode, like with both hands, you know, with the controllers. Like when they're attached. Yeah, when they're the when they're attached, it felt like a really good piece of hardware. Like I, I was like, oh, this would be great to have on the Metro and just be, you know, on my way to work playing Zelda. That's pretty. I mean, that's that seems kind of appealing to me. So for long play sessions, everyone says the Pro controller is really the ideal way to play for long sessions. And I did get to try the Pro Controller too, and it was, it did feel a lot better. I mean, it was a big controller. The buttons are huge on that one in compare, especially when you're like, you go from the Joy-Cons to the Pro Controller, the buttons are really big and they feel a little bit mushier. They're not quite as clicky as the Joy-Cons. Um, although the D-pad on the Pro Controller felt very stiff, stra- strangely enough. Um, not that it was hard to use, but it just was It was very stiff, kind of springy almost. Um, but yeah, no, I, I liked it. I, I had a good impression of it. What games did you play? I got to play Zelda. I really enjoyed it. I actually died. I was telling Mike that I actually died in Zelda, which is like crazy oh in zelda oh thank god which is crazy to think that like in the beginning of a zelda game that you die you know that hasn't really happened since you know maybe the you know the original zelda zelda 2 you know where it really just throws you right into the game and this is kind of very much along those lines there's no tutorial section really you just you're kind of thrown into it and it's actually kind of refreshing it's very different um but, you know it's it's funny that you say that and that gets us to and we don't have to switch to open world mm-hmm. Right, the second, but one thing I thought of when you told me about that, and you know, that was sort of the impetus for reviving this podcast or continuing it after a hiatus. Someone was like, oh, let's have a race and play Link to the Past, but it's been hacked to randomize where all the items are, which is crazy. But like playing that and looking at like a Link to the Past in the original mm-hmm. Zelda game for the NES again, which I hadn't looked at for a while, they're like that too. Like in a way, they're open world. You know, and you can easily stumble into a place you're not prepared for and just get murdered. It was actually a, a, a not quite as approachable as a lot of other Zelda games because of that, I think. Um, and I, I didn't really grow up playing the older Zelda games. I only started playing Zelda when Majora's Mask came out, actually. Hmm. Um, and I played Majora's Mask. I, I, I watched my friend play Ocarina of Time, but I never actually owned Ocarina of Time. I was gonna say, yeah, that's what that's when I actually got into Zelda. That was my first game, and it's not an easy game when you're Mm-mm. when you're a child. No, it's oh, not. It actually was very intimidating because of the time limit. It was it was kind of yes. stressful, actually. Um, oh, that's true. I never thought about that because I played that as an adult, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah, and I feel old. <laughs> 
Yeah, it just throws you in there and you don't, like, especially if you haven't played a lot of video games, which at that point, I mean, I played, I mean, I played video games, but none that required actual thinking. Yeah, I, that one is not quite as approachable as, I guess Ocarina of Time is probably more approachable than that, or um, Wind Waker is, you know, more, even probably more so has that, you know, intro island area is more friendly and, you know, you're, you're not going to, there's no time limit. It's more linear. Yeah, it it's, is more linear. Even Despite they, being... They say, go here. Yeah, and, and, and it's funny because yes. it is more, quote, open world in terms of, you know, this large ocean that you're just, you know, sailing around and exploring and finding these other islands. But despite that, it is still a pretty linear game. Um because, you know, it kind of has these specific blocks to prevent you from going to an island at a certain time. So this game, I'm curious to see how the story will progress, because to some degree, there has to be some linear aspects to the game. I didn't get to experience really any story other than I met the old man. In the beginning, there's like an old man who sits outside of the you wake up in this like stasis chamber. It's like you were like in some cryogenic sleep or something, and you you're like in this oh. you're in this little bathing suit, in little trunks, and um, oh my, I know like fallout opening shirtless link, ooh, and um, I know, and so you like you leave, you 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 get out of the you know the little bed, water bed, whatever the water drains, and you just get out <laughs> of it, and um, there's the the Sheikah Slate, which is the main item in the game that is basically trying to be almost like the Wii U gamepad or the Switch, um, kind of. I, I think when they were originally developing the game, they were probably trying to think of ways to take advantage of the Wii U gamepad or, or advertise it as being some... Oh, that's when they started thinking about using that? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, the... the Breath, Zelda Breath of the Wild was originally developed as a Wii U game, and that's why it's coming out for both the Wii U and the Switch. Oh, I was just—I um, was making a joke on how Nintendo really didn't use the gamepad in a lot of. Oh games. yeah, I know. No. They really, yeah. They the only game that the game the only game that actually really requires the gamepad is Mario Maker. It's really the only game for Wii U that actually requires the gamepad. Uh, maybe you could argue Star Fox, but that's only because they forced it to require the gamepad and people didn't like it because of that. Um, yeah. I think it, it did kind of. Well, in the it, few party games they had. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, not the party game thing. Yeah. I mean, Nintendo land really, I mean that, that was really the only uh, other one that I can think of significantly that d- did take advantage of it. Mario party. Um, sort of. They had the Bowser. Mm. I don't know if you ever played a Mario party. No, for- I didn't. I, I didn't play it, but yeah, I, I honestly, I really mainly use the gamepad just to play games on that screen, on off-TV mode. Um, that was really the only re- way I took advantage of it, was just if I was, like, I wanted to lie in bed and play, as opposed to look sitting and looking at my TV, I would just play in off-TV mode on the gamepad. It was really the only um, way I would really take advantage of it, and I think that's what they realized was the main selling point of it, and that's why they develop the switch to be yeah, you know this sort of portable weird, device like, you, would, you would think and i mean i feel like the nintendo land for example shows that there are lots of things you could do with it yeah they just mm-hmm. didn't do those things <laughs> yeah I, th- I think it was just unfortunately due to the developers not really putting in the effort yeah or, i mean nintendo is also just they love to experiment and i 
especially with a lot of other developers, they're either not willing to take the risks or not able to for various reasons, either because they feel it's not, it doesn't have mass appeal enough or it is too risky, um, you know, and the indie developers could potentially take those risks, but it's harder, I think. There's not a lot of in, uh, indie game support on Nintendo platforms. I mean, it's gotten better a little bit in recent years. I mean, like Shovel Knight, they became pretty prominent. Like Nintendo made an Amiibo, you know, had collaborated with them and they, they created an Amiibo for Shovel Knight. So, I mean, there are some that have um, risen to the top, I guess, but Nintendo really doesn't have good relationships with other developers to... I don't know if you heard, but they did just re- uh, lower the price. I don't know if they lowered the price, but they made the price for the developer kit for Nintendo Switch only four hundred dollars. Oh, that's so really th- low. That's going to be very. I think there's going to be a lot more indie developers coming. Yeah, out. that's 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 definitely promising. I am also very excited for Stardew Valley on this coming out oh on the Switch. God. I know. I was just waiting for you to transit to to bring that up. I actually, <laughs> yeah, I actually wrote I, it down, and I was like, oh. "Open world?" Question mark. Because <laughs> honestly, I actually haven't spent that much time with Stardew Valley because it's on my computer. I think if it's if I have a portable version of Stardew Valley, I'm going to spend a lot of time with it. Um, oh, and it's a great game. I I and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I probably will buy it again on the Switch so I have it <laughs> on there. Um, yeah, it's a great, that's a great game. And, uh, I hope that we get more games along those lines of like really good, small developers, you know, releasing good games on the switch. I really hope so, but, um, we'll see. I mean, Nintendo always likes to make this promise of, oh, you know, there's a lot of third party games coming to this platform, you know, and the launch, the launch lineup is not very promising. I mean, we very, we have the only well, they just announced recently that Snipperclips is coming to is now going to be a launch title, which it wasn't originally, and that's like a smaller, smaller game. But I think that's developed by Nintendo, I believe. I guess it, yeah, it is developed by Nintendo, and I did get to play that game um, at the preview event as well. I really liked it. It was very cutesy. The animation is very adorable. Like, you get to cut each other. Gut. It's. I'm doing a poor, really poor job of explaining this. Um, so you're basically two little pieces of paper, and the you get to overlap each other and cut. It's a puzzle game, right? Yeah, it's a puzzle game, and you overlap and cut that what the area that overlaps. You cut that out, and it gives you this unique shape, and so you can use it to you know you can cut a different like a little divot out of your out of yourself to use as a sort of shovel to like pick up a ball or something and then you need to get the ball in the hoop there there are various puzzles that you have to solve and it's you know collaborative you have to work together with your partner to sort of create these shapes out of yourself to either fill in a area shape that they'll have like an outline of a shape that you have to fill or you know get some ball to a hoop or some some goal but it was very cute and kind of uh nothing it didn't utilize anything that was specific to the switch but i think it was just a good you know fun thing to say oh hey you know you have the switch and you pull off the controller one of the joy cons off the side of it and hand it to someone and you can just quickly jump in and play a little puzzle game and i i I had a good time i i I enjoyed it i thought it was well made and i probably will end up getting it because you know 
it'll be the only other game aside from Zelda that I could really play on launch. Um, and it'll be good to have something that I can play with other people because Mario Party, I mean, sorry, Mario Kart is not coming out until like April or May. And I don't even know if I want to pay another $50 for a game that I already have for the Wii U just to have it on the Switch. You're which totally is just... going to be the Karen of the Nintendo Switch. You're going to be... <laughs> you're going to be bringing it over to parties where people are trying to talk and forcing people to play video games with you. I know it, it, that, that is so funny in that, you know, the trailer for the switch when, you know, the, the girl's like sitting in her, like, you know, awesome loft apartment and she's like playing Mario. And then she sees across the way, uh, you know, the building next door, the people are like hanging out on the roof, like, yes. Hey, come on over. And, you know, like where, I don't know where they are, like Brooklyn or something like, I don't, and they're just like, yeah, come on over. And she like, like yeah, I'm bringing my switch, you know? Yep. And then she goes over <laughs> there and she's like hey guys i know you're drinking but let's stop drinking and let's play this game right. you know i love the memes <laughs> that came out of that just and she's been in the other commercials too it's like oh shit karen brought her stupid nintendo game <laughs> <laughs> that's a positive message for today's youth she wants to promote moderation and alcohol consumption uh, i, I do think that there's a potential that they're gonna do better with the third, I mean, they could hardly do worse with the third parties than they did this last with time. The Wii, like the with Wii, the Wii U, the Wii was yeah. okay. Yeah, but that was only because the market share was so huge. I mean, right. so many people bought the Wii that it was just inevitable that people were going to start developing games for it because they knew there was, you know, right, no, that to be made. True. But I mean, I know that they also, uh, I know that like Square Enix said that they were going to like port the next dragon quest to mm-hmm. the switch right. and so that's like that's positive <laughs> that's something that's um, something that's right. a game that's, that's a right. game yeah it is, right. it is. <laughs> you have the um i don't know <laughs> if you guys backed right the the yoka ukulele uh kickstarter yeah, ukulele yeah i I, now... I actually i i backed them as well and so i'm i changed it i had originally selected the wii u as my platform and then they you know decided that they're they called they made an announcement and said they were going to cancel uh releasing it on the wii u because of quote technical issues or something Mm. and so i mean it it really i i think it was probably that they didn't want to spend the time dedicating you know to optimizing it for the wii u when they know it's a dying console and that the you know the switch is really rare everything should be moving towards so i think that's a good decision on their part and it makes sense i and i'd rather have it on the switch so that i have a game for the switch you know yeah and no, ukulele um, is the it's the 3d platformer that's like banjo kazooie and donkey kong country yeah it's it's made by the same some of the some of the same people that worked on um banjo kazooie games so yeah it, and it, i played the sandbox and it it's cute it's very i mean obviously there wasn't you know much gameplay in the sandbox but it was it was cute and the character design is well done i mean it, it does make me feel like i'm playing kind of a banjo kazooie game you know that collectathon game with uh quirky characters and quirky music and that sort of thing it, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that game too i i hope that you know we will start to see some good third-party games on the switch but yeah their their initial launch is pretty weak 10 games at launch is pretty i mean you, usually consoles don't have a ton of games at launch but that's pretty 
pretty limited. That's low. It's really low number. Like, I, and the whole marketing with the Switch was so weird too, with their radio silence for so long, and then that was like, strange. it didn't make any sense why they didn't announce it at E3. I honestly feel that's why, that's why the Wii U didn't really sell well when it first mm-hmm. came out. Is it did not have good launching games i mean this ha- we do have like no Zelda game coming out for the switch and that is a pretty big deal people will buy it just for that so but i don't know if like you're i don't know if it's going to be a strong enough lineup yeah i mean especially because you can get zelda on the wii u you don't have to buy a switch to get breath of the wild oh i did not know that oh yeah it's just like twilight princess yeah it's exactly like twilight princess they're releasing it on both so Boy. it is not exclusive to the switch which is Good for consumers, but not so great necessarily for Nintendo because, you know, there are certain people who bought the Wii U who are probably a little frustrated that it kind of just died and, you know, Nintendo gave up on it, essentially. They had to wait so long for Breath of the Wild, and it's finally coming out, and now it's being released for both consoles. You know, I'm, I'm assuming some people may not want to shell out $300 just to play Zelda on the Switch, you know, and they'll just be like, well, I can just buy it for Wii U. Yeah, I'm not sure if they're I I'm not sure if they're doing that to be consumer friendly or just to sell more copies. But the announce when they announced the DLC, I just assumed they don't care about consumer friendly anymore. They're just trying to to, you know, go the way of the other gaming companies where they milk as much money out of the game as they can. Oh, DLC. Yeah, I, yeah, the 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 new Zelda DLC. How do you guys feel about that? Dumb. <laughs> I don't feel quite as negatively as some people about it. I I have a huge issue with their announcement of it. I think they did a horrible job announcing it. Announcing it this late is kind of strange. And not giving us any details on what really... I mean, they've given us some vague details that it includes a, quote, hard mode and includes... you know, yeah, it includes a new dungeon and some new story content, but there really no specifics on how much that is, you know, what that really contains. And a little strange, we, we don't know what the hard mode really is, but most Zelda games have already had, you know, a master quest or some sort of hero mode or something built into the game itself. So that's a little strange. I think that's the part that most people were probably upset about. And I, I would agree that that is kind of strange that, oh, to get the hard mode, you have to buy the DLC. That, that I think, is the main problem I have with the DLC. But I don't have a problem with Zelda containing Z- DLC. I'm, yeah. I think that hopefully, I mean, of what I've seen and what they're promising in the game, I think there's plenty of content in the main game that you're not going to feel that you have to buy the DLC to get a full experience. Right. I mean, people get so angry about having to pay more, but if it's additional content like they did for Skyrim, like what Bethesda did, mm-hmm. I don't mind paying extra for it. Yeah, and I will say, I do think that, like, having... I don't know why this is the case, and it might provide a good topic transition, but, like, when a game has a big open-world structure, somehow I find it less onerous or offensive to have those, like, DLCs that, like add a new area or something like that right because you've got this big meaty thing and it's just like oh and then gerald of rivia went somewhere else that day yeah you know um and it's not as bothersome 
really. Particularly if you get a complete story already. Right. I, I definitely agree. And I'm just frustrated with the way they're announcing it and not having any details on what it actually really contains. Um, and I think the hard mode, pulling that out of... I mean, maybe there is some sort of hero mode or master quest built into the game that you don't have to buy the DLC for, but we don't know. I mean, they're just saying that there is some hard mode. And it, yeah. I think Nintendo does sometimes do a poor job of communicating effectively with consumers. I think that they've, they really struggled with that with the Wii U, definitely. I mean, people didn't even understand that it was a new console. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is true. They still don't understand. I mean, the name alone was the worst decision. People assumed it was just an, a peripheral for the Wii as opposed to a whole new console. I will say I loved how Nintendo did DLCs for Mario Kart 8 and super smash yeah i think i think they did a great job the the tracks were really well done i felt it was worth the price exactly it was definitely worth it Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm hoping that these this is along those same lines that it's Mm -hmm. you know good meaty content good meaty zelda content um that's worth 20 bucks thick thick did you play through did you play through mario run iOS? I did, yeah. And so I bought Mario Run because... Well, it's free for the first three levels. Well, yeah. But I did end up buying the full game because I was able to share it with my sister. So, I mean, it was essentially like, okay, we're paying $5 each for both of us to kind of play it. The thing that's frustrating, you have to log into your same Apple account on the other device. So you have to be willing to share, you know, your uh, account information because yeah. it doesn't have, it doesn't allow for family sharing. So you have to, you have to like actually give your account login information to the person. But that That's also something else that I wanted to kind of address was Nintendo's sort of the future of Nintendo with having the Switch plus mobile um, you know, I'm not. Did have you guys played the new Fire Emblem? Yes. Game? <laughs> I am okay. crazy about it. You like it a lot, or <sighs> I'm burning out on it. Re- re- pretty I mean, quickly. do you like that kind of game with the slot machino characters? Right. The what do they call it? <laughs> they call them gotcha games. Gotcha. Gotcha games. Yeah, I I hate them, but I, I still play them all the time. I don't know why. I think that's how people feel about a lot of mobile games. It's like, oh, I hate these microtransaction games, but I still play them. I was hoping that they were going to go a little bit more along the lines of Mario Run, that it was going to be something, a quality experience that, you know, maybe was a slightly overpriced because Nintendo tax or whatever you want to call it, you know, the the polish, you know, that requires a little bit extra cost. But it is a really polished game, Fire Emblem Heroes. It is the app is so responsive and it's so well done. And there are, other, there are other games like that that are very good too. I don't know. I feel like it doesn't quite have the polish that Mitomo like right. it doesn't obviously Mitomo didn't have content, but in terms of like the look of it and I mean the UI is a little confusing at parts of it. They kind of fixed it a little bit, but you know, the the it was clean. Um I think the Mario Run also was very, you know, very polished like very nintendo polished i guess i was just i was just comparing it to other gotcha games it definitely feels better than other games i guess i was just hoping for something more i mean part of it that my problem with it is the map size is so small that there's not much to each battle okay which is i mean i guess inherent being on your mobile screen yeah in portrait mode so they decided to like make it fit within the the confines of that screen. You just didn't roll any five stars, so you don't like it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, 
I, I don't know why. I guess in, in Heroes, I notice it more, but Carissa just boobs all over the screen is just it's crazy like oh, i don't know wa- 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 waifu <laughs> yeah waifu yeah carissa waifu that's her name carissa right isn't that her name Car- carissa it's very it's very embarrassing to play on the train i'm like <laughs> trying to you know battle and like this girl with sorry it's camilla up. not carissa i i i apologize fire emblem fans it is camilla i mean like obviously she's always been sexualized in the games but like in this one i don't know what it is i just like the screenshot like when you first open up like the character the, you know the uh summon the summon page and it's like breasts and then and then when you summon her so i i did actually get her and when you get her when you summon her it's this cinematic thing like none of the other characters have like i mean i think it's only like special characters that get this like cinematic kind of like trailer thing like when you when you summon them because it's like ooh special character and hers it's just like the camera tries to get as like how far into her cleavage can we get it was like really that was how (laughs) did you roll a five star camilla uh, I actually don't. I think it was four star. I don't remember. Okay, so I don't. I don't out. play. I, I don't it. play Fire Emblem. So while you were talking about this, I decided to look up this character you were talking about, and my goodness. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. Kagero uh, to the ninja. Or... She is full she... of boobs. She even has like something in between her boobs. Like. Oh yeah. Why? Yeah. I'm. <laughs> it's I'm just. It's just fan service i mean it really is it's really just like get that straight boy i mean you know if they did this they kind of do it with guys too i mean they've got some really muscular ones that i do not mind you've got um what's his name it's not hector the other guy yeah but uh, i mean it's they're still not really sexualized in the same i mean this is just japanese culture just you know this is the nature of Japanese games, which is a little frustrating, I mean, to deal with as a Western audience. I think that's, like, one of the, like, one thing that we kind of still haven't really advanced past. I mean, it's getting a little better, but it is slow. Yeah, it, it, it's a very... Now you're getting into Gamergate territory. Yeah, we are. should probably steer clear of that. <laughs> you don't want to be doxxed? I'm all for being doxxed. Oh, my gosh. Does that mean you get more downloads? <laughs> It might, it might. I mean, any PR is good PR. If we if we become a controversial podcast, I mean, we'll basically just be the next Milo, you know. So you know, we so we all saw how that turned yeah. out for him. So you know, we should stop saying his name. We're just feeding the trolls. Yeah, let's not give him any more attention, please. Let's not. Anyway, I wanted to bring up I, what were we, we talking were talking about? about Fire Emblem and. Yeah, okay. that Fire Emblem Heroes, the mobile game. I mean, Nintendo's mobile strategy. I mean, so I, I think yes. obviously what they want to do ideally is use mobile as a platform to advertise their franchises Mm -hmm. in which to convince people that this is something that I might want to play more of, you know, on a serious platform. And then, you know, Nintendo's like, Oh, Hey, by the way, we have this thing called Nintendo switch and you should buy it to play fire emblem and get that sweet, sweet Camilla breast action <laughs> they did that with uh pokemon go kind of even yeah, though Niantic developed the app where they released the app and then they had the new pokemon games come out right afterwards after they got all that hype yeah they definitely i mean sun and moon did very well and because of that i hope nintendo does well like because i i enjoy them 
as developers of games, they think they do a great job, and I, I want them to do well. Um, so I hope this strategy works out for them. It's working for me. I'm, I'm, I love Fire Emblem Heroes while well, I'm burning out on it. I hope they introduce some more attractive guy characters that, you know, balance <laughs> out the Camilla-type characters. But, they you need know. to show more dick. They just need to hang dong. Okay, you know that's never going to happen, right? <laughs> I mean, maybe, but it'll be pixelated. You know, you just go go to your yaoi. What's like the yeah? What's the equivalent of like male cleavage? Would it be butt cleavage? I feel like that's not uh, fair. They just I mean, show, like, I guess we're just like a bulge, maybe. Like you could just okay. have like a skin tight like bulge. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, and like shirt shirtless, I guess. You know, I'm really excited about Animal Crossing Mobile that they're talking about. Yeah, I think An- Animal Crossing could be a great game for mobile a lot better suited to it i think yeah definitely i think warrior would be as well oh yeah i'm surprised they haven't announced one yet warrior has kind of disappeared for a while i don't know where it's gone but yeah that would be definitely a great mobile game there is actually already kind of a game that's similar to warrior it's almost like a warrior clone but with musicals i don't know if you've heard of it this sounds like it's my thing yeah well, it's, I, I'm, I'm intrigued i need to yeah i need to write this down what is it it's called Peter Panic. Um, it's uh, it's an Adult it. Swim game. It's like a musical game that's like kind of like a WarriorWare clone, and you play as this kid who wants to be an actor. And there's this like local theater he like goes to, and it's decrepit and shut down. And he tries to get money to start, you know, do his own production of Peter Pan. I don't remember selling the rights to my story. A mobile musical that puts Broadway in your pants. Now that's a tagline. (laughs) Wow. How have I not heard of this? And they did this interesting strategy of it's free to play, except if you want to save your progress, you have to pay. Oh, interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm curious how well they've done. Uh, So they released like Act 1 and... And it has actually some interesting, like, you know, so it's like a song, like each, like when you play each level, it's like kind of like they actually have voice actors, you know, singing and playing the role, different roles. And it's a very quirky, very weird, you know, there's like a demon and, um, <laughs> you know, this is a kind of like dark, dark tone to it. And then there's like a gay character in it too. And then there's like a love triangle of like the gay character and the straight girl are like into Peter, the main character. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I think it's, it's cute. It, it, I mean, it's the games aren't, the mini games are not like great. You're kind of playing it more for the songs and like the jokes and just the weirdness of it. And it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's fun, but it's not, it's not quite as good as warrior where I'd say just because the mini games are, they're just not dynamic or they're not, I don't know, the gameplay of the mini games are, is not super engaging, but it's it's fun and quirky. Um, definitely check it out. It's free to play. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that they haven't announced a WarioWare for mobile. Nintendo should do that. Animal Crossing, I'm definitely looking forward to. I hope that it doesn't turn into this awful microtransaction game of just like everything is like oh pay 99 cents to buy the snowman couch or whatever i i don't know i just i mean i would do that i'm I'm scared for that like that's really my main fear is that it's just gonna turn into this like really nickel and diming you know strategy of like let's have you pay for everything in the game you know if you want a new song from kk slider 99 cents you know It's going to be Habbo Hotel all over again where I'm trying to buy Fernie. <laughs> yeah. 
I I don't know if you guys ever played that. No, wait, what is it? My references are going unnoticed. It's an old online game where you had your own apartment and you bought furniture for it. It's it was an MMORPG. It was really weird. Okay. I mean, anyway. I've played a lot of games like that where it's like where there's like, "Oh, decorate your pad." And then you're like, "God damn it, why is the best thing like this insane amount?" Does anyone remember Neopets? Oh yeah. Ugh. <laughs> it's a very yeah it was very much like that neopets still exists can you believe that really I... yeah i just went to it right now it exists and it looks like it's still like the same design from like 2004 well good for them wow also you can log in with facebook now oh my goodness this website it's crazy <laughs> everyone needs to go visit this that. website it's so, so much nostalgia Another, I wanted to, you were talk, we were talking about the way Nintendo is advertising, and I'm not sure if this is really advertising, but I would, I'm going to the Zelda Escape Room in April, and I'm excited about that. Uh, it's the Defenders of the Triforce. I don't know if oh, you guys... I really wanted to do that. I don't know if you guys I, are, if you have one in DC or is not. Is it like it, officially licensed from Nintendo? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's all sold out in Chicago. I was I surprised. I, I bet it is. <laughs> those tickets went quick. You should definitely let us know how it is. I'm, you know, I'm very jealous. <laughs> I'd like to go. I, I'm curious if they, they're going to do it again or do something else. I'm, it'd be awesome if the, you know, Nintendo themed theme park area um, that they create, if they added like an esca- Zelda, you know, escape room there or something that could work. Oh, yeah. That would be interesting. You know. You mentioned that in uh, the list of topics you sent me, and I had never heard about it. So what, yeah, what is this I, Nintendo theme park? I, I'm genuinely curious. So, yeah, Nintendo um, has collaborated with Universal, and they are going to be uh, bringing Nintendo franchises to um, the universal theme parks in osaka japan orlando and hollywood so um they're gonna be just nintendo areas so it's not like an entire theme park but it's just like a a nintendo island and islands right exactly and they're gonna be interactive highly themed um multiple attraction shops restaurants that sort of thing i mean honestly if minions get their own section nintendo should definitely does minions have its own section I mean, they have their own like themed section, like oh not my entire, God. That not horrible. entire park. But you know how you have like. No, I know that just sounds horrible. Like nothing but people talking in that minion language. I think I would shoot myself before I got through. Is it a horror section? Like, what is it? <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to. I don't want to bring up those memories. But yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> awesome. A Nintendo. I think I might like that more than Harry Potter. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they make it interactive because you know that kind of could be challenging. You know, especially when you have masses of people, maybe they'll have just, you know, rides that have almost like, have you ever been to Disney World or Disneyland and done the Buzz Lightyear ride? Oh, yeah, uh, that's just what I was thinking about. Yeah, something like that along those lines where it's an interactive ride. They might do something like that. That could be interesting. There's a score at the end. It could be really cool to do like a Zelda like archery ride. I'm definitely looking forward to going to Nintendo theme park. But I hope that they include not just mario you know i'd hope it's not just like mushroom kingdom it'd be awesome if they had like an area for mushroom kingdom but then also an area for hyrule Mm -hmm. and you know 
awesome. Maybe who knows? Maybe like something else crazy, like Water Metroid, Temple. or like or you know some other franchise. You know, Fire Emblem. That wouldn't be appropriate for children. <laughs> not with the direction Fire Emblem's going. Yeah, Camilla's breasts are definitely not you know G-rated. They would need two people to play to like be in her costume just to control the boobs. <laughs> well, I think it would need to be just completely animatronic. <laughs> You know, to simulate the whatever jiggling and movement that they do in the games. I don't know where they, you know, just unrealistic breasts. It's going to be like, they're going to need the Disney Imagineers for this. It's going to be a breakthrough in technology. Uh, You just reminded me of that error with Chun-Li's boobs. Do you remember that? I don't. What is this? There's So there was, um, I think it was when Street Fighter 4 came out. There was like some programming error with Chun-Li's breasts when, like, you went to the, like, versus screen before a match was about to start after both people picked characters. And whatever this weird error was, it would just, like, make her breasts go wild um, while you were waiting for the match to begin. And everyone, like, jumped all over them for how sexist it was. And it just turned out to be, like, someone screwed up some kind of programming thing. It was not intentional at all. They just goofed up. And it's funny, her breasts move very oddly. You can find a video of it online. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm watching it right now. Oh my Same. God, they are very, they're like breasts do not move like that. <laughs> they don't. And that's the thing that was, that was why they came in for so much criticism. It was like, this is oh so sexist. They don't even know how boobs work. Um, it's like they're floating. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's quite, maybe that's how boobs in space look. Maybe. Um, yeah, pretty bizarre, huh? Yeah, uh, Japan does not have a great track record with female representation, I will say. Yeah. Did you play that? Didn't they have a mobile game for RuPaul's Drag Race? Did they? Yeah, I think they did. I God, I hope not. No, they do, I think. I don't want to plug it, but Bible Girls app just came out. She's a She's a well-known drag queen in New York. It's basically a Kim Kardashian-type app. When are you releasing yours? That's the, that's oh, the big question. Chicago trash can. I don't know what I what I would call it. No. Uh, yeah, it'll be coming out um, in two years. <laughs> in two years. <laughs> Along with my album. It's a huge mobile game. Like it, the development takes a long time for this. Yeah. It's like. I was actually gonna do it on the Switch, but now I'm just planning for the next Nintendo system. Right. Yeah. Seems wise. Seems um, wise. <laughs> um. Anyway. Apple's making a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> They're making a TV show called Planet uh, of the Apps. We don't have to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that that documentary thing. Okay. Well, yeah, no, yeah. it's like it's like a reality TV show. It's basically like Shark Tank, but for apps. And it's starring Gwyneth Paltrow, Will I Am, and like I don't know. It just seems really they bad. They know about that. Oh my it's, god! Are they like the hosts? Yeah, they are. It seems real. It sounds Hi, really. It I'm sounds Gwyneth really bad. Your app isn't eco friendly enough. It, Bye. Okay, well, I'm excited about that. And it's like an escalator instead of like an elevator pitch. They have to give an escalator pitch, and it's like an escalator that like moves towards the judges, and they have to like pitch their app in like the time well the more you talk about it the less appealing it is it's like why like why are they judges like i don't get it oh they're not just Uh... they're they're judges not the host 
Gwyneth Paltrow has good taste. They're like the the equivalent of like the sharks on Shark Tank. I have Gwyneth Paltrow's cookbook. I guess they're the investors and Jessica Alba too, by the way. Oh. Jessica Alba, Gwyneth Paltrow, that Will girl. I Am, Gary Vaynerchuk. I think they just tried to get recognizable names that went. Well, into, the thing is, all, I mean, careers. so Jessica Alba has been pretty successful business wise, hasn't she? Sure. That was my understanding, and I mean, whether you think her brand is a giant steaming pile of nonsense, like I do. Jesus or not. Alba? What brand does she have? No, when it, I was talking about Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, know. yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow, like, she definitely has, like, a brand and has been oh, yeah. successful. I have her cookbook. Even if you think I it's stupid. <laughs> anyway, it's coming to, coming soon to Apple Music. So, yeah, Apple is branching out into TV shows. That sounds like a train wreck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't look good to me at all. I mean, it just looks like a really trashy reality TV show, like a really bad version of Shark Tank. And Shark Tank, to me, is like, it's like watchable, I guess, but it's still not like, I don't know. I don't really care for reality TV shows that much. Honestly, RuPaul's Drag Race is like the only reality show that I really watch. So I, I got my whole family to watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Lovely. That, again, that like actually involves some talent. <laughs> well, depends on which season you watch. Ooh, burn. I had them watch five, season five, six, and then seven. And like dad, my dad kind of like lost interest like at, like when we were starting watching season eight because he's like, it's all the same. He's just had it officially. He's had it. He's over it. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, uh. he was a, he was a like we we also like to tease him because he's like he was a big fan of Courtney Act. And we were like, oh, because you find her attractive, don't you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, she is a biological female by all outward appearances. Although everyone now is giving her shit because they're comparing her to Pheromone from the new season. Oh, really? Because Pheromone is, like, really pretty. Did we talk about the new season? Is that is that a subject? Can we add that to the agenda? I mean, if you want to do this again, shouldn't you wait for that? I mean, Oh, that's true. Say. We could talk about the franchise stuff, like, you know, the Disney live-action remakes and how long can Marvel keep... How long can they keep making, you know, like, they're they're really reaching into, you know, the very obscure franchises and, you know, Star Wars is now doing spinoffs, like how, you know, Harry Potter also spinoff, like how long can these spinoffs last? Yeah, I feel like that's a sort of systemic problem for our culture a little bit right now so i don't know that there's a lot you can do about it but i think it's sort of a good thing and a bad thing like i don't begrudge people for doing that because i'm not anti-capitalist Ooh, i said capitalist again but yeah um you know you want people to make money and if they make money great let's do more as long as they're not terrible what bugs me is when things that just seem to have no basic anything just keep going and going and going like yeah. why are we on transfivers oh so you saw man why of steel happening then. i did for free i saw man of steel for free and you know what oh my god you I, paid too much i didn't well, you know i actually didn't hate that that much i thought it was flawed but then why would you make batman versus superman exactly winner of this year's best picture razzie <laughs> uh yeah i i i don't get it i mean well i think dc has a big problem Oh, yeah. You just need to turn it off and turn it on again. But, you know, as long as Marvel keeps going well, then they can, I mean, they've got a huge back catalog of stuff. And things that I would never have guessed would work, yeah. worked well. Like, if you had told me that a movie that starred Rocket Raccoon mm-hmm. would <laughs> go, I would have been like, you're crazy. Yeah. 
They just they need to keep making more Iron Men. I am tired of the Iron Men. Yeah. Here's my big opinion about Marvel movies. They're all the same. I am tired of them. They're predictable. Most of them are the same, but I love some of them. It's weird. Yeah, I It's like me and sushi. I don't like seafood, but I love sushi. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know, Beauty and the Beast is coming out next month and um <laughs> I think it looks surprisingly good, honestly. I It actually ignored, it does look really good. I ignored everything and I I started getting shoved commercials and I was like, "Oh, okay." Really? I don't think it looks good at all. Like I I don't know. I really so, do you guys are you fans of the original? Oh yeah, no? I think that's one of the oh, best yeah. animated movies that's ever been made. Of course, I am as well, and I just I don't really like. I like Emma Watson as a person, mm-hmm. and she's cute, but like I just I don't I didn't I didn't really like her performance in the. I mean, barely we barely seen anything obviously yeah. in the trailer, but what little I've seen and the singing, like she's not a singer and they put so much auto tune on it. It just sounds oh, really? so artificial. And they, I don't know if you saw, there was an interview that Ewan McGregor did for, you know, he voices Lumiere mm-hmm. and he was doing like a real French accent when he was like initially recording for them. Cause his wife is French apparently. And so mm-hmm. he like knows how to do a real French accent. And they were like, no, 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 no. We don't want it to be too thick. So he basically, He's like, it just comes out as like a Mex- a bad Mexican accent. Like, <laughs> if you hear it in the trailer, it sounds really bad too. In my opinion, it's like, maybe she is the one. And it just, it does not sound good to me. It just, and like, I, I don't know. I also like the beast, like, oh, let's make him sexy. Like really <laughs> sensual. And like, like they, they really like soften his face, which I mean, I guess I understand it ha- kind of has to be done, but, and, and, and I'm curious how they're going to like, uh, uh, address the sort of Stockholm syndrome like criticism you know, of have, it. Have you seen Have you seen the animated one? Yeah, recently? of course. Not lately, no. So I I saw it again not that long ago, and I didn't think it did that bad a job of it because there's that there's that one song that's like a months long montage mm-hmm. that shows her being very reluctant, oh, yeah. not wanting to have anything to do with him, and I feel like that. Yeah, that's true. It works okay. Um, yeah. So my thing with Beauty and the Beast has always been, um, well, I have two comments. I think that the live action thing, what's most bothersome to me about it, based on the tiny snippets I've seen, is that all of the people who are like the furniture and stuff, they don't Mm -hmm. look, they look like grotesque. (laughs) They're not whimsical. They're like horror objects. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they're trying to go for this sort of gritty realism, right? Um, but that's I guess. Weird. Um, yeah, but I mean, I guess I would, I guess, commend them for at least doing something different. Oh, yeah, I mean, because other th- other than that, it seems like it's a pretty much just a line for line remake of it. I don't know if you saw the recent trailer of the opening song. Yes. Um, and it was like basically. The, you know exactly how you know it's the same song same lyrics but listen that's kind of that, when i heard the idea of of this remake i hated mm-hmm. it i was like this is dumb yeah. why are they doing this the movie yeah. was great on its own the cartoon right and then ugh, it wasn't until i saw that opening scene where i was like oh my god i'm gonna watch this <laughs> the music is so good and i want to see it performed live action just i mean it doesn't they could remake the cartoon and i would watch it probably just because the music is so good yeah i mean no i agree there the music is great but i i guess 
especially because she's not a singer. It really is just, it bugs me just because I would have been fine. Okay. If they really need Emma Watson, that's fine. Cast someone else as the singing voice. And they've, that there's precedent for that. I mean, that's not unusual to do. Yeah, but Um, these days people wouldn't accept that. I don't think. Really? I think, I mean, and so Phantom of the Opera, Minnie Driver, who plays Carlotta, her, her singing voice is not her. That's true. The movie Phantom of the Opera? Yeah. In the movie version of Phantom of the Opera, Minnie Driver, who plays Carlotta, you know, the diva, um, her singing voice is not actually Minnie Driver. It's they've ca- they oh, cast oh. like an opera singer as, you know, I mean, uh, some of her singing is actually pretty difficult, I guess. So, I mean, that's somewhat, somewhat understandable. And then fun- the funny thing is she- Minnie Driver does sing a song, but she sings the credits song, like the, like the basically like my heart will go on, but oh, for the Phantom, that. whatever whatever that song is in the credits of the Phantom movie, it, it was like a song made for the movie or whatever. But that's the only song that she actually sings is the credit song. Well, Emmy Rosam actually sang her parts. Oh yeah, but she's an actual singer though. Yes. She's like she has a history. She's like been on Broadway, I believe. Or anything. Well, I, I don't understand yeah. why if you were gonna do that, and I I had heard but forgotten that they did that with Minnie Driver. Why yeah. didn't they also do that for Gerard Butler? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, that is a that very was, good question. He was so bad. That is a very good question. I don't know why. I I I totally fine with film is not realistic at all i am totally fine with if you want if you need this a-list actor or you need this face because they're hot yeah fine cast them as that role if as long as they can act that's fine cast them but if they can't sing don't make them sing <laughs> russell crowe in les mis was horrible. and that too yeah oh my god no i think Why? we could all agree on that and but i think that was like their thing was they were going to they all sang live yeah like they, were, they filmed guess. them singing on set and I guess... yeah I mean that was I guess that was a different case where they were like advertising it as like oh this is real and gritty and you know and look at the talent of... look at their faces we're gonna zoom in on their faces yes. yeah I mean that was we have this amazing set but we're just gonna show them <laughs> yes I didn't understand that <laughs> I, I didn't want to watch that movie and I got kind of dragged to it and I was like, oh, maybe this won't be so bad. And then, like... Why did you not want to see it? Di- well, I, one, I didn't really trust Russell Crowe. Um, Fair enough. I mean, I, Les Mis is fine, but you know, I've mm. seen it before, and I was like, eh, I don't know. But then, like, like 45 minutes into it, I, I forget who I was sitting next to, but I turned to them and I was like, why are we always looking up their noses? Like, mm-hmm. what is this? Also, <laughs> I, I don't find... Uh, what's his name that was in Fantastic Beasts and Les Mis and all that? What's his name? You mean Eddie Redmayne? Yeah, Eddie Redmayne. Like everyone's like obsessed with him, and I'm like, I don't really like his voice. Like his singing voice, it was too much vibrato for my like my taste. It was like way too much vibrato. He sounded like he sounded and looked like a frog to me. It was just it was like a little, I don't know, like his lips and they were like quivering and it just like the camera. I'm sorry. You're saying he was the Fantastic Beast? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah, no, and then, like, with the camera being so close, too, it was just, like, up his, like, it was, like, his lips. I don't know, something about his lips just, it was just weird, and the, the singing, he has too much vibrato in his singing voice. Like, I don't know. That boy like, can act. 
He is so good. Oh yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen The Danish Girl or I, I haven't seen it. I I, I'd, I'd like to. I first I, saw him I, in my week with Marilyn, mm-hmm. which he was excellent. But The Danish Girl, I watched mm-hmm. that and I was just like, how? Yeah. No, I, I I I do think he's a good actor. I don't have a problem with his oh, acting yeah. at all. I just it, it was just I didn't really care for his singing. It was like too was much vibrato. Not that he can't sing. It was just like it, it was just to me it sounded like way too much vibrato. And, like, everyone's like, oh, my God, he's so hot. And I was just like, I mean, yeah, he's obviously attractive, but it was just, like, the frog face, lip. <laughs> like, he would always, like, do this, like, pouty face, like, and his, like, lips, his, like, duck face. And it was just, it was just weird to me. And it kind of, it, I don't know. That's don't a know. problem in movie musicals where they want to get, well, like you were saying with Emma Watson, where they're getting these, the non-singers to do these mm-hmm. big singing mm-hmm. roles. And I guess it kind of rolls back to what you were saying. And they're starting to do that with actual Broadway shows. I know, they which is frustrating. Celebrities because they yeah. need to sell tickets, and I think it's you know yeah. it's the same thing. They just need a a big name. Yeah, they need gimmicks because they don't have you know lyrics like Hamilton, so they have to like have other gimmicks to like pull people in. Yeah, I'm gonna be a negative Nick and say that I actually don't think Eddie Redmayne is like attractive at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like that's what I was saying. Like, I don't think he's really that. I mean, he's not unattractive to me, but he's not like, oh my gosh, like, I mean, he's an actor in Hollywood, like he has to be some, and like a leading man actor, you know, so he has to be like decently attractive. I don't even think he's decently attractive. You I must mean- not have seen him in <laughs> Jupiter Ascending when he had all that old makeup on and he was like, welcome to my planet. <laughs> What? What movie is this? You've never seen Jupiter Ascending? No. Um, it's by I think the Wachowski siblings did it. It is. Uh, it has Mila Kunis and Channing Tatum and As a dog person. It's like it's basically a space app opera. It is, it's insane and weird. But I okay. I loved it Maybe because everyone else hated it. I realized it mm-hmm. wasn't a good movie. Well, nobody, right. nobody in that movie has chemistry with anybody else. In that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. No. Um, anyway. so we, don't we need, do we need an outro now? Yeah, we need an outro. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um, so in. how do you want to do outro, Jacob? I know you want to, want to plug your stuff, so you gotta like. I need get... more than two viewers on my Twitch stream, so maybe. Yeah, you should definitely yeah. plug your stuff. So like, Mike, I'll just say, you know, thank you for joining me, and then. That's fine. I don't need a special outro. I'm not internet famous. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want I. to be. Thank you so much for listening to the Gamers Podcast. I'm Michael Vazquez, and uh, thank you so much, Mike, for joining me. Thanks for having me again. It's fun to be back. And thank you for joining us, Jacob. Where can we find you? You can follow me on Twitch or Instagram and Twitter at Drag Trashly, and that's with no E. Or in Chicago. Or you could catch me in Chicago. I perform a lot with Geek House and just, you know, around other Chicago venues as hashtag Trashly. Thank you so much for listening, and please write us a review on iTunes, and you can follow us on SoundCloud and Facebook. Just a little change
proud to say the least.